0: welcome back episode three we're here talking with mckay proctor about sumo wrestling that's right big beautiful boys banging into each other knocking each other out (laughs) honestly this is one of those topics that i know almost nothing about i've watched austin powers and that's about the extent of my sumo knowledge so the commentary on this one not super legendary from my side but mckay is a fountain of knowledge about this topic. And I gotta say, I was entertained. So let's just get right into it. Hey McKay.
1: (laughs) Hey man, what's good?
0: I'm so stoked first how are you basically an expert like do you watch it frequently do you keep up with it
1: so yeah I um have ever since I got into it I've been sort of in whole cloth um consuming <laughs> as you <all> do <laughs> yeah as I do this is you know for for the listenership this is basically the way I've been since I was you know uh first got obsessed with like dinosaurs or whatever you know like I I just um <laughs> I want to learn as much about the thing that I'm interested in as possible. And like, you know, I, I might put it down eventually, but most of those things stick with me. And um I think sumo's here to stay. So, well, let me start with this. I, I first got into it basically because a friend of mine was like, Hey, I bet this is like a cool thing to keep up with. <laughs> and um turns out they were right. Randomly. I like, uh, basically just went into um YouTube and started searching for stuff, and like at that time. It was pretty easy to find recaps of the tournaments. So Sumo has six tournaments a year in the odd-numbered months. Three of that's those cool. are held at sort of like the Sumo Mecca in Tokyo. And then one is held in Nagoya, which is the one that's coming up in July.
0: And Where then, is that? Uh, is that also in Japan?
1: Yes, also in Japan. Okay, okay. So uh, <laughs> held entirely within the confines of Japan here. Oh, okay one is in osaka and then one is in a third city that i i can't remember the name to ever but it's not as famous as osaka and nagoya so that's part of the reason um but the youtube route you know a lot of our you know beautiful world knowledge you can like get pretty easy access to there i've always been a big youtube guy and like the amount of high-quality sumo YouTube stuff was really high. <laughs> and, like, there are, there are all these different people with, like, different angles on it. But at the time, it was really easy to find these recaps that would go up the morning, you know, central time, Yeah. of the day's sumo bouts for the highest division. So, I mean, we can get into division structure a little bit later. But basically, like, I got into it by basically just starting by watching as much of it as I could. And, like, at the time, the tournaments from the past were also up so i just started like you know grind yeah, and you. tape man and um the thing that i think is my point of entry on it like back when i played football i was an offensive lineman defensive lineman right which like okay i think it's pretty easy to look at that in the same way that you do sumo and basically be like okay sure these are big people smacking into each other how much yeah. art can there be to it but like <laughs> when you see it done at a really high level, you know, you watch, you know, in in the football case, you watch like one of the Bosa brothers or like Aaron Donald or like one of the the great left tackles. So like, you know, Kelvin banks from Texas right now is like, you know, they call him a dancing bear. Like his footwork is unreal. His lateral quickness is crazy. And like watching a big person move like that has always been something that I'm drawn to. And like sumo is just that man. It's exactly that you've got dudes who are like, you know 250 pounds and above and you know they are in most cases like doing all of this like lateral and vertical movement that is just like so um almost choreographed but it's it's brutal too like it's it's um a combat sport in a real way so
0: well i feel like that's why most people are into it like i've never seen a feather light match of Boxing, wrestling, anything. Mm. Like everyone's interested in the big guys. No one cares about the little guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think uh in in boxing is a great comparison.
1: (laughs) So there are no weight classes in professional sumo in Japan. So Japan is obviously it's the you know the national sport of Japan. It's the pinnacle of uh the sumo world. And the ultimately, uh it is it is revered as sort of like this, you know, cultural tome, right? It is like uh Sort of gone in and out of fashion a little bit over time, but people always come back to it as something that is like uniquely of Japan because it was invented there and like it is practiced at the highest level there.
0: Yeah, I saw, I did do like a 30 second Google search before this and I saw it's like hella old. Like I thought it was a bit older, I'm not gonna lie, but it was made in like, or I guess done regularly in like the 1800s, Mm -hmm. which I was surprised by. I don't know why I thought it was older.
1: Well, so as the lore goes, and this all gets like a little bit fuzzy because you know so does historiography going back 1500 sure. years in this case yeah the yeah. first sumo ballot was supposedly had by the order of the emperor there was these like two guys who had beef and he basically was just like <laughs> y'all gotta fight it out and um
0: something we also <laughs> we also ascribe to i will say yeah yeah love absolutely. a soft wrestle <laughs> so well and argument. you know i
1: think that um society is better when people are willing to you know
0: fight
1: it out it, it, you know if if that's the way you're going to get the emotion out you <laughs> should do it that way but um you know but basically it's the emperor was like hey y'all figure this out i'm not figuring it out for you and like the only way they could figure out how to do it was to wrestle so for a long time the association between sumo and the emperor was really strong and like that wow. sort of also faded in and out over time like you know different em- em- emperors would have different ideas of like what was good to project out to Japan but like it also became eventually um especially during the Edo period this like um sort of it had a similar place as like the the colosseum did in Rome where like you would build these like huge structures and like some of them would be temporary and like you would bring all of these people into this structure and they would watch big beautiful boys smacking into each other and like yeah. <laughs>
0: um,
1: the world of sumo is one that is like really steeped in tradition. Obviously, it's been around for fifteen hundred years. Right, but um, the ways in which it's manifested have also changed a lot. I mean, you would expect some change over the course of thousands of years, right? So, right. Um, but there's there's like a lot of um, inflection points in the way that it was done, and like points at which traditions were picked up. Okay, um, we can get into that more as we get into this. But like, yeah, that's something that I'm super that I find interested.
0: Really about it. Yeah, I'm super interested in like when the the outfits were made if so, they were consistent throughout so, history yeah
1: actually this is interesting um so for a long time but the the belts that are currently used are called mawashi
0: is that the and, one that's like it's like one like even layer basically of like belt and then one even layer of like thong situation
1: so yes in a way so it's actually they're they're like the actual cloth that they use is like something like five meters long or something. And um, so they, there's like this very like specific way in which it has to be wrapped. So um, there are six divisions of Sumo uh, and you can only, you wear like a black cotton mawashi for the mm-hmm. first four. And then once you get to the top two, yeah. you can wear like these beautiful silk ones in whatever color you want.
0: Ah, okay, like and, Austin Powers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Ah, and, okay.
1: I didn't. I don't know why
0: I'm surprised by that. I really didn't think that was going to be accurate at all. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, and like the one of the things that I love about sumo is that like almost every single part of it, there's like this like incredibly rigorous artisanal tradition. So like the ones that there are worn in the top two divisions cost like ten thousand dollars American. And uh, they take, like, two weeks of this, like, master weaver with, like, a loom just going at it, man. Just making this beautiful piece of silk that's meant to go between somebody's butt cheeks.
0: Sure. (laughs) I mean, I think La Perla does pretty much the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever that fancy thong company is.
1: For a long time, they wore, like, um, these uh, ceremonial, like, aprons that were kind of, like, skirtish. Okay. And eventually they realized that that like inhibits movement, right? And you've got this like (laughs) very like squatting and. Um pushing intensive sport and you don't want that stuff getting in the way. Oh, but is it not they, like a
0: mini skirt? This is like a full-length skirt. It was,
1: it was like past, I think they were like past the knees aprons. Okay. They still wear like a ceremonial version of it for the ring entry ceremony. And everybody like everybody has like a lot of personality with theirs. Like some guys put Hello Kitty on their aprons. Some guy, this one guy was like um called the robot and he had really robotic movement so he put had somebody put like a robot on his apron like that's and like (laughs) there are just details all over the sport it's awesome
0: yeah I love that that's so quirky (laughs) I wouldn't have thought it would be so cute (laughs) that's crazy so then okay so the so then now what are the like I guess other traditions or what did you call it like points in history where things change
1: inflection points yeah yeah yeah. so um,
0: yes (laughs) naturally
1: one of the coolest ones to me is um within the top division which is called makauchi Mm -hmm. there are ranks that are given to each of the competitors to sort of you know uh in the same way that in college football there's like a top 25 like yeah uh but the situation in sumo is like much more regimented and the ranks actually mean something so like uh you have megashiro which is the bottom rank and those guys are numbered like one through however many they have East and West. So right now, I think we're going to have uh Megashira one through 17. And so that comprises 34 dudes
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, East and West. And then above that, you have Komosubi, which is the lowest rank in what is called uh, the, the Senyaku Richie, which is the, the guys who have the big important ranks. Right. so you're everybody's striving to like climb up this ladder and so then you go to sekiwaki which is the third highest and then you go to ozeki now ozeki for a long time was the highest rank and everybody was just like the highest you could get was ozeki that was it mm-hmm. and then in the late 1700s they decided that certain ozeki deserved a designation above that so they created this rank called Yokozuna, which is like the Ozeki have like important symbolic roles, but the Yokozuna ha- has ascended to like the point of being like a Shinto priest within the world of sumo. Okay. So, I like, am.
0: yeah,
1: it's like, and it's like not um, at all like something they do lightly uh, ever since the 1700s. Let's see. So, the current Yokozuna is terno fuji who is from mongolia we can get into the whole mongolian thing later but um
0: so there's only one
1: well there can be more than one but it's okay. really like we've recently there's like usually ish more than one kind of mm-hmm. but like the the level of achievement that's required to get there is like you've got you know even within like the six re- um levels that i've talked about yeah there are like 600 dudes okay and okay. like out of those 600 dudes there's going to be a lot of like turnover and the number that get to uh yokozuna is like really low okay and the responsibility of that role they take really seriously like it they are supposed to be working really closely with the japan sumo uh, association to like glorify the sport like every whenever you go up an important rank there's this televised ceremony where like they will have someone from the JSA come in and like designate that person the rank and they give this like canned speech where it's like, I will now train even harder so as not to disgrace the JSA or the rank of, of Ozeki or Yokozuna or what have you.
0: Goodness,
1: um, but no so we're on, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> and the current guy is the 73rd Yokozuna over the course of what, um, 300 years?
0: So are you meant to like never lose.
1: So the there's a certain level of achievement that is required of every rank in order to keep it, right? So um there every tournament is 15 days um and you're expected if you are to keep your rank to do better 8 8 and 7 or better. Um If you do worse than that, you will be demoted, right? So there's a lot of, like, movement going on within these ranks. So, like, currently, we're waiting on the new rankings, which is either called the banzuke, game. And the um, rankings will be coming out in, like, a week for this July tournament. And, like, there's expectation that, like, So, some of the rankings we already know, like, this one guy uh, got promoted to Ozeki, which is, like, a big deal. Like, it's still, it, like, there are only ever, like, three or four of those guys at a time, most of the time. So, like, it's a
0: huge... hmm? This pyramid is, like, steep.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's, so the only, if you are a Yokozuna, you cannot be demoted from Yokozuna ever again. So, they are, like, very stringent with that. But, like... If you're an Ozeki and like there's uh, this guy, Terano Fuji, he had a bunch of like knee problems and like kidney stones and diabetes. And he had to sit out a bunch of tournaments in a row. And he went not just down into Magashira, not just down in the division below of Juryo, but like even lower than that and had to fight his way back to get to Yokozuna. Dude, so he that's has a really cool throat. story. Yeah. Well, but it like it creates this like super cool storytelling, right? And like, yeah you always sort of know where you stand within the world, which I think is really cool. There's nobody who's like, you know, how, how good am I compared to everybody else? Like if you're the 42nd dude, you aren't like, you are number 42, right? Right. And nobody's going to mistake that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's so objective. I kind of like how like objective that is. I feel like in at least American sports, there's a lot of like, I don't know. Well, I guess it could be the same, like, are there like coaches or like leagues that just like churn out those top level guys like pretty often or uh, so like, that, that gets have all the money that
1: I think is super interesting so um the training world is organized into heas, which loosely translates into living place but it, they're called they're called stables in English so
0: oof, you what have a great translation I hope well,
1: I, mean, <laughs> I, I think you know uh I, I'm coming from like a world like you know a stable is like you know that's where you keep all the hosses at these boys are hosses right
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't mind being called a stallion. I will say. (laughs)
1: Um, So uh, they're like up until you reach the top two divisions, which is sort of a recurring theme. There are like a lot of traditions that are tied up in um, reaching those top two divisions because they're like the truly professional ranks. You have to live in your stable um, and you are not allowed to marry so up until the oh. point that you get to Jurio, which is the second highest division, or Makauchi, which is the highest, you are not allowed to marry or live on your own. So, uh. like, you know, you've got all, it's, it's sort of like a fight camp all the time in, like, boxing. So you've got all of these guys who were, like, training to be the best, and, like, they're out there putting in work. And they're living together, eating together, training together all the time. And uh, you get really familiar with these guys. So one of the rules within matchmaking is people from the same stable cannot face each other in a tournament unless it's a playoff scenario that is, like, entirely necessary to determine who wins the championship. So actually, I sort of skipped that a little bit. So uh, tournaments are 15 days. Uh, In the top division, you have a maximum of 42 dudes. Weird and, numbers,
0: uh, all of these such weird numbers. Why? Yeah,
1: I don't, that I don't have a good answer for. So, um, and the winner of the tournament is whoever has the most wins, and it's okay. like that simple. So your schedule is loosely, um, the fifteen guys who are closest to your rank. So there is a term called the joy, which is the level at which if the um, yokozuna at the top mm-hmm. will face. Guys from that point and above. So that is supposed to be basically like the hardest part of the schedule. Now, sometimes if guys who are at lower ranks below the Joy yeah. have really good records, like there was this tournament, there was this guy named Asun- Asunayama who got suspended because he basically broke curfew during COVID. And they were like super serious about that in the sumo world. And he got sent down, like suspended and sent down like three levels. And Name. finally came back. But, like, he's really good. He was an Ozeki before he got suspended. Dang. And um, he was, like, cleaning up shop in the lower rankings of the top division because, like, these guys are not on his level.
0: Right. He was three levels above
1: them. <laughs> right, right. And, and you know, like, was really good, like, even at that point. Like, he was a really good Ozeki.
0: Gotcha.
1: And um, he... Was like tied for the lead for most of this past tournament, and then he started facing guys who were like actually at his level in terms of skill because he jumped up um, into the matchmaking, you know, equation, and like mm-hmm. pretty much got whooped. Like he he <laughs> sort of crashed. Out. I mean, he still I think came in second, but the moment he started facing guys who were like at his level for the first time in like two two years, yeah, he like was like, man, I forgot how steep this learning curve is.
0: Which is Um, fair. Absolutely. Solidly fair for most things.
1: Mm, Absolutely. Well, and like the, like there's, to me, it's like a really cool logarithmic distribution of skill, right? Like you can see it even within the top division. These guys who are fighting in the Magashira ranks are like really like they're better than the other, you know, what is it? 500, you know, 550 dudes who are doing this professionally. Yeah. But like, the, the ramp up from that to like Terno Fuji is like super high.
0: So, I guess maybe the basics here are like I'm missing because I'm kind of confused. What makes you good? Like, is it just can you hit each other? No, right? You're like running okay. into each other. Let, or... me, let me
1: start with like the basic units here. Yeah, okay. Please. So, you've got a ring that is about 15 feet it's like four meters and uh, 33 or like 55 centimeters or something
0: what's the comparison um, to that in like a boxing ring
1: um i mean something i would say it's seen. like roughly the same size okay. so all of this is taking place uh, dude i could g- go on so many little rabbit holes all this is taking <laughs> place on this like tons heavy mound of clay called the dohyum which okay. is like the dudes who make this huge mound of clay are in themselves like artisans. And like there are techniques that have been passed down for generations and generations, okay? but I just so you, love uh, Japan
0: for this in general. Yeah, I yeah, feel like yeah. everything they do is like steeped in insane, like beautiful traditions that yeah. are always like so elegant and amazing.
1: Um, and these dudes literally, they're like artisans of just smacking clay with tamps. Like they will, they, <laughs> they bring in tons and tons of clay and just shape it into this big trapezoidal ring. It's a circle, except at the east, north, um, west, and south points, The uh, there are, like, slight indentations out. These are called the lucky spots. Um, and they were originally brought in to help with drainage back when, so- uh, when Sumo was, like, held outside. But okay. now they're just, like, this little quirk in the arena. Cute. And uh, you have uh, two guys wrestling at a time. They will put their hands down in the middle of the ring to indicate that they're ready. And there's like a bunch of pageantry surrounding this that we can get into at another point, but I'm just going to, you know, uh, and then the um, referee will be like, all right, game time. And yeah. they will uh, engage each other. And whoever is either a pushed out of the circle first or part of their body that is not the bottoms of their feet hits the ground. um, They lose.
0: Oh, uh, so they have to stay standing on their feet the whole time. They can't touch the ground with their hands or anything.
1: After the point that they engage with each other and like they fire out like, you know, to me, it's like a four point stance when you're playing defensive line and they just smack into each other and um, they've measured the amount of force that's exerted. And it's like two tons of force at that initial point of engagement. They're like really halt. They're super explosive athletes. Like, I think that people assume because. They um, don't look like, you know, um, freaking gymnastics guys that somehow right. there isn't like a crazy level of, of athleticism here, but they're all super flexible, incredibly strong, like really dynamic athletes. And like, that's part of what makes it cool. So yeah. Um,
0: well again Within. similar to football I feel yes. like I've like my cousin was a linebacker and I was like I can out sprint you all day every day and then I lost and it was so embarrassing yeah because he was like three times my size
1: well and like these bouts usually last you know as, as much as like 15 seconds right so um there's this like oh, constant the- jockeying for position and um Basically, there's a, a people have like different preferred strategies on how they like to win. Okay, so mm-hmm. um, some guys like to grab on to the other guy's belt and use that for leverage to do like judo style throws. So um, one of my favorites is the smallest guy in the division right now is named Midori Fuji. Okay, and he's like 250 pounds and like five seven, and the average like guy a is average like very average man. Yeah. Is like six <laughs> three and um you know plus in a lot of cases, yeah. And uh then you know, on top of that, they're like 350 pounds, right? So he's giving up Jeez. at least like 50 pounds to almost everybody he wrestles, right? But his technique is really good, and he really likes to get into the belt and like do all these throws. And he um last the tournament before this past one, he went on like a 10 match winning streak, and every single time he was doing like a different technique, so There are 82 recognized finishing holds or throws within the JSA. So they have like designated what each of these things are. And there are some of them, which like Yurikiri yurikiri is a frontal force out. And you'll see that like almost half of the bouts. But then there are some that you won't see for like years at a time. So like my guy Midori Fuji in the last or the tournament before last the last one he had was like this super arcane, nobody ever uses it, like finishing move, which to me is like a like a crazy amount of sauce, right? That's so right.
0: Cool. No, that's spicy. That's that's pretty sick. Also, I feel is the frontal face out just like pushing somebody yes, out of the ring, just ranks?
1: pushing somebody out, right? Yeah, that's and like, boring.
0: I will yeah. say, like. I totally agree.
1: So there are a lot of people that feel that way. Um, the one of the current Ozeki is named uh, Takakesho. And he's what's known as a pusher thruster, right? And like, he will occasionally do some counter moves, but usually he's just putting you out on your ass and he's really good at it. He's a little bit short and like, uh, me and my friends call him, he's the bowling ball, right? He's like, you can sort of in your mind, see this man who is built like a bowling ball. And like, he is like just a nasty, like gets it in your face. So you asked if they can hit each other. You are not allowed to punch, but you are allowed to hit with an open palm. And like there are a decent number, and these guys will like absolutely just clock each other. Is and it like,
0: like a bitch slap? Just like I mean,
1: semi kind of. So it's usually it's not coming from like outside the shoulder, but you will okay. get like a these guys. So one of the exercises you do to train for sumo is you just sit there and you smack the dog shit out of a wooden post and just over and over smack it, and your hands really harden. That's and what you I was get like, really ow! At gener- hmm?
0: that's what I was like, ow! Like yeah, yeah. Their oh, hands it, must it, be it,
1: like. So they they build huge calluses, and like the guys who are really good at it, you get to be able to generate a, a ton of force, basically from like, you know, a semi-athletic stance. But you are like trying to like get to the point that you can get somebody on their heels from like a point of engagement.
0: My so God. he's I don't even like, know. what is that motion? I don't even know what yeah. is that.
1: So it comes, it comes from like inside the shoulder, but it's upwards usually. And like, Ah, but you'll get guys who like the, the, um, one of the past Yokozuna who was kind of a bad boy, we could get into his whole thing later, but, um, his name was Hakuho and he did a lot of like, really like engaging hand stuff up top. He would like, In order to gain control of the bout, he would be really good about attacking people above their shoulders. And, like, sometimes dudes get, like, bloody noses in the middle of bouts. Some dudes get concussions. It's, like, intense.
0: When they, like, smack into each other initially, do they hit heads?
1: No, no, no. Usually they're meeting, like, sternum to sternum.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Okay. And then um, they start with this yes. technique stuff. Okay.
1: Um, but then like, so every one of the sumo wrestlers will have like a different hold that is sort of their preferred one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so like fuji the, the Yokozuna, is really easy. He really likes to get people, um, wrap his arms around their arms and like explode up through them and like push them out that way or like control them that way which is a little bit unorthodox most people prefer to have an inside grip on the belts but he really he's like pretty big and tall so Mm -hmm. he likes to get his arms around yours and like use that as the point of leverage and he's got like he's super strong it's like really impressive to watch he won this past tournament after being out for a while and it, like the level of sumo is just different from most of these other guys in terms of the amount of control he has, the patience he has, it's crazy. Wow. Um, but there are all, like there are certain techniques that are like allowed but frowned upon. So okay. the most famous one is um, called a henka which is where when the other guy comes to run out at you, instead of engaging him, mm-hmm. you sidestep and like smack him in the back of the head. And it's seen as sort of, like, disrespectful to the It sounds
0: hella disrespectful yeah. to just the person.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, it, like, most people think that it is, like, a coward's way out. But, like, yeah. it's an important way to keep someone thinking, right? Like, most yeah. even, like, the top-level guys who are supposed to be super respectful to the art form mm-hmm. will, like, do it on occasion. And, like, it's it's sometimes if you do it enough, you get, like, reprimanded by the JSA
0: so the yokozuna
1: yokozuna yeah
0: yokozuna it like he doesn't do that
1: so usually he does not and like oh
0: shit but there's times where he does
1: yeah yeah and it's is like is it like juicy yeah yeah it's like drama man it's like full-on like tea people, yeah full-on
0: <laughs> wait so is it only men I guess so (laughs) I just uh, don't know the basics about this at all my like commentary is gonna be so lame because I'm just like sitting with my mouth open
1: (laughs) we're good uh so yeah the um dating back to like Shinto and Buddhist practice Mm -hmm. women are technically not allowed on the dohyo like it is considered disrespectful and like impure for them to be there which is obviously super problematic and I don't love that So, uh, but here stateside and like around the world outside of Japan, uh, and I mean, there are women who do sumo in Japan, but are not, it's not like nearly is at the same level and it's not, um, you know, under the same uh, conditions as like the stuff that we've been talking about, but like women do sumo around the world. It's like a thing. And like, um, there's no reason that they they can't, you know, other than, um, you know, the deeply held cultural beliefs of uh, Shintoism and Buddhism.
0: Well, and are the costumes the same?
1: Um, I don't, not not really. I mean, in, in the U.S., people wear, like, more aggressively, like, sportswear stuff as okay. opposed to, like, just the Mawashi. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, they will wear a Mawashi because it's necessary for, like, the practitioner of the art form, right? Like, you need right. something to grab. Yeah, but um, you know, women aren't going out just in a washing.
0: That's what I was like, I would imagine there's a sports bra involved. Yeah, also, absolutely. just that's such a cheap shot to just go in straight for the boob. Like, oh then, yeah. those need to be locked down.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a real point of leverage you don't want to have. Just you know,
0: outside. exactly. <laughs> so the the little guy who does a bunch of stuff. I can't believe he's only 250 pounds. I feel like I have a brother who's more than 250 pounds. Like that's. <laughs> That's like not, I don't know. I always I really get all of my sumo references from gold member. Right, so, of course. Well, like... and I
1: mean what a rich text, you know, why wouldn't
0: <laughs> And Fat Bastard was just huge, so
1: well. So I mean, it um I think to your question of like what makes you good, there's a yeah. lot of different ways to be good and like these uh the smaller guys like you have to be really artful and like you know do more like judo based stuff because you're not going to be able to overpower people right. so like he's probably never going to be like an ozeki but he's still one of my faves because like whenever he does win he number one like has to bust his ass to do it and number right. two like you're always seeing something super cool and unique and like artful
0: like it's like entertaining
1: yeah i mean people who are like the pusher thrusters like takakesho they're sort of seen as like you know not fully like bad guys because like ultimately all of these guys are usually like pretty sweet and yeah. like just big old boys who like uh, sumo but sure, uh they are seen as like less artful in some way you know because even though it's like a way to win it is not considered the most noble way to win
0: interesting okay so the the people who do it are like super strong yes so the way that they train you said that they smack wooden planks but like do they also like weight lift do they sprint like I so
1: yes uh the so that gets back to the staple thing the way in which you were trained is very much dependent on your stable so um usually most stables will like wake up early and especially the the younger guys who are not in the upper ranks will like prepare the ring right so the the ring is supposed to be within the the stable is Mm -hmm. left in this like very specific ceremonial way and then um they will uh prepare the ring and then once the ring is prepared they will do training all morning so there are sort of like three basic like atomic structures of sumo training that almost everybody does there is shiko foot stomping which is um basically like you see people when you think of like a sumo wrestler like raising his leg and stomping that's like what it is ultimately that is also a ritualistic thing that they do before bouts in order to like purify um their um like the ground it's meant to like drive away demons
0: Do they stomp each other too?
1: No they do not stomp each other. Stomp oh, okay I was like other. are they just <laughs> So you're not allowed to like kick you are al- well sorry you're not allowed to kick like above the legs there are a lot okay. of like judo throws that involve like kicking out someone's ankle and then like pulling them over
0: Oh so then they just, they're just they practicing just for the purification process.
1: Yeah, well, okay. so um, Shiko also is like a way to build leg strength. And like they oh, okay. will do it for hours at a time, just like over and over stomping the ground.
0: They're really into repetition. Like yes. all of these things are just <laughs> repetitive well, and movements. Like,
1: you think about it as like this is a very like in some ways simple sport. You know, you just have yeah. two people trying to push each other out of it. There's not like... A crazy number of rules outside of like not being able to pull the other guy's top knot, right?
0: Sure.
1: <laughs> Cute. <laughs> um yeah. well we can I get forgot the top to knots really <laughs> too. We can we can get there too. Um, but then the other thing is smacking the pole, which we've talked about. And then um the other thing is like this shuffling, which reminds me a lot of how in football we would hit like a blocking sled. So you are meant to like stay low and like slide your feet right because um if you lift your feet off the ground in a big way unless you're doing it to like attack the other guy's foot you're leaving yourself at risk of being destabilized yeah so like they will slide across the ring and then um the other thing that people always do is like at the end of their practice they will get everybody finds somebody who's like bigger than them or more senior than them and they have to push their dead weight across the width of the ring
0: that's like so, not nothing when you're talking about like a 300 pound guy. That oh yeah, crazy. absolutely.
1: It's, it's like, And like, you know, some people, especially when you're like the, so people will come into sumo and they won't be like what you think of as a sumo wrestler. They'll just look like a, you know, like a, dude. a person who is like, you know, uh, uh, I am a normal size, like an average sized man of 160 pounds. And, you know, I just happen to be pretty tall and I want to do this and they will slowly build up their weight. So, um, There is a lot of ceremony around eating in sumo wrestling because you have to put on a lot of weight, both in terms of strength and just like weight to make you harder to move.
0: That's what I was like. All this training is so intense. Like, how are they not just burning hella calories?
1: So um, this is another thing that's pretty standard. There is a a soup or stew called chanko nabe, which has got like chicken, fish, and a lot of vegetables, and it's incredibly nutrient-dense. And it's no. sort of like the cornerstone of um, what pe- what sumos, sumo wrestlers eat. But most, so number one, every stable has their own sort of like special house recipe, and they will do different recipes for different parts of the year, depending on like what's available.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's
1: apparently, I mean, I've never had it, but it's it's supposed to be like pretty delicious. It's like very rich, but like not heavy, if that makes sense, because you have yeah. to eat a lot of it.
0: But it also but then, doesn't sound like something I would hear and be like, oh, that's going to get you big. Like, right.
1: Well, but it's I mean, it's it's probably more stew than soup, I guess, would be the way I would okay. phrase it. Right. There's like okay. a lot of, of plant matter and and meat that is in there. OK. Um. And then but in order to make like not a chore, which it still kind of is, but they will like. There will be like other things that come along with it. They'll incorporate like fresh fruit and like other things alongside it, just to keep you from like absolutely dreading eating the same thing every day.
0: Oh, they eat it every day.
1: Yes, every day.
0: Jeez.
1: Um, every day, and usually for like two meals a day. Um, how many one meals after at? training, and then the they will usually take a nap. Um, <laughs> and then the which I think is super cute, just no, like all of so- these
0: big t- <laughs> so just cute.
1: just yawning in unison and, and, and you know just but yippee. like the nap also helps them like hold on to what they've eaten right and like fully digest it, and like it, before they start burning calories again um and younger guys will usually have like a school situation after that um older guys it sort of varies what they're doing um but then uh you will usually have like some kind of like a lighter training in the afternoon or evening
0: so do they get paid a lot like, so it is depends. this their main it,
1: So, task? yes, it will be, um, it is your main occupation. The amount that you paid obviously depends on the level that you're at. So, I think that um, a Yokozuna makes, like, I think the number was, like, 40K a month or something like that.
0: But, like, okay. the lower
1: uh, 40K US dollars, I should say, because yeah. 40,000 yen is, like, you know, what's even the point at that point? <laughs> um, I mean, that's still a lot of money, but when, anyway, yeah. Anyway, um,
0: I don't but know then, then, like,
1: the lower mm-hmm. divisions, you don't get paid enough to, like, live off of it necessarily, but you will probably still be, like, living under the roof of your stable, and, like, you know, as long as you aren't having to support any huge, you know, um, situation outside of that, you'll be okay.
0: So what's the deal? With, I feel like these stables are, like, they sound culty to me. They sound really low-key, so, it's kind of scary to me. Are they Yeah, like... it's
1: funny you would say that, Um there has actually been in like the last 10 years or so a lot of like exposés done on like really harsh like hazing done by older wrestlers to younger wrestlers to like make them because it's you know ultimately it's like a boys club right and like right what do men do when they get together and feel like people need to earn their respect they freaking you know beat the shit out of each other and um do dumb shit but like recently like the the stable that midori fuji and terno fuji are in they got exposed for like beating um, the younger wrestlers with canes and then pouring the the hot soup water like on them
0: oh. oh my god yeah man that is like i feel like using the word hazing there is i don't under yeah, that's exaggerating like I, that is intense wait so are they like i don't i guess like why why so okay can they have sex
1: yes usually i mean i think that there might be like some rules um stable to stable but usually like in your outside life you're allowed to like you know date you just can't get married
0: oh okay okay i was going to say this sounds like prison I, just, I mean
1: like i think you know it takes a certain kind of person to commit to this level of like everyday discipline with this stuff you know yeah. and like i'm not wired like that i don't think that i would do very well in that environment obviously no. you know the hazing thing set aside like even just the, the sheer repetition of like having, you know, you here's your two hours of stamping time, here's yeah. your 45 minutes of smacking a pole time, you know, like <laughs> that'd be tough. So you asked about weightlifting though. So, and like sprinting and explosiveness stuff. So yeah. that also depends on where you go from stable to stable. Um, but a, most of like the high level stables now, they're incorporating some kind of like not fully like you know football weight room like they're you know um, getting into but like there will be like barbells in the stable and they will like lift them as a part of like a circuit.
0: Okay.
1: Um. But some stables like dudes are just out there with like they're like we are not bringing that modern technology in here. We're just going to use big old bags of sand or whatever. Like yeah. It, there's like a pretty wide variance. So um, the way that people treat cardio within the sumo world is obviously pretty varied. Um. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's ultimately an explosive sport for the most part. And you're not being asked to like, um, you know, your recovery time is not necessarily as important, but a lot of yeah. people will do like hill sprints or stair sprints just as like a part of building that explosiveness. Yeah.
0: I just like can't even imagine these guys, like these big guys doing this and not having like everything break. Like, I feel like that's a lot of impact on your like joints and stuff.
1: So that's actually a pretty big thing. Like most high level sumo wrestlers like terno fuji has had like a lot of the yokozuna we've been talking about yeah. he's had a lot of like reconstructive knee surgeries because like it's ultimately not an easy thing on you and like right. the other thing that causes a lot of injuries in the sport is the because the the ring is raised like you know two meters off the ground it's not two meters it's like but like four feet off the ground
0: mm-hmm. if
1: you get pushed out there's like not that much room between you and like that drop off And obviously dudes will like not catch themselves correctly or like land wrong on their knee and like it'll full on explode. So like another one of my favorites is named Wakataka Kage.
0: Love that. Wakataka Kage. So and
1: you're, I'm about to blow your mind. So he was, when I first started following, he was, his rank was Seki Wake. So he's Seki Waki Wakataka Kage. Yeah.
0: I literally, I want to make that my ringtone. Just Seki Wakataka (laughs) Kage. Well, and like,
1: I think that's the, the cool thing about sumo to me is like yes it is like this serious and like spiritual endeavor like it is deeply tied with like shinto buddhist like all of these different ideas that have influenced japan over time but also right. you've just got these like big people boys doing silly stuff you know and
0: just, so like that's with the that cutest little me, names yeah i don't absolutely. know what the translation is in japanese maybe it's well so cute, um, <laughs> we
1: can come back to that in a little bit but basically the A lot of the names, you know, refer to the grandeur of nature, right? So you'll have, like, guys who are, like, you know, the unbending will of the wind or, like, you know, um, the um, uh, beauty of the water or something like that, right? So, like, um, my guy Midori Fuji, his name roughly translates to um, the first act of the Jade Gentleman, which is, like, super cool.
0: And then we have, like, The Rock. (laughs) Well, I mean, you
1: know, uh, I can smell what he's cooking. I don't know if you can. (laughs) <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, you compare that to, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage or whatever, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it's it's like,
0: uh, it's but like all of
1: these things are meant to <laughs> connote, like, a, a deep reverence and respect for the sport, and, like, you know, I, I think, uh, so your ring name, you will, when you retire, it retires with you, so, like, they will adopt, like, a different name when they become a trainer or whatever. But anyway, so, yeah, Wakatakakage, basically, he, this last tournament, he, like, his knee, or the tournament before, his knee, like, blew up. And he's going to be out for, like, nine months. And in that time, he's going to be, like, taken back down, like, to the third division, most people are thinking. And he's got to, like, fight his way back up, which – Obviously, when you're that good, I mean, there will be a little bit of a ramp up because he's recovering from an injury, but like, right. he's expected to probably make it back to the top division, but he definitely like his ability to make it to the like tippy top is kind of limited. That's yeah. part of what made Fuji really cool was like, he had all of these health issues, and then he still made it back to be Yokozuna after like two years.
0: How fast? So can you can you get promoted after like every major tournament? so
1: yeah i think that there's like limitations to to some extent you can't like like the that guy asanoyama who um got suspended and got dropped down so he i think went like uh the covid guy he went yeah the covid guy okay he went like 12 and 3 and most people are expecting him to be in like he was he was coming from like magashira 13 or 15 and he's expected to be just below the um, Senyaku ranks, which are like Sekiwake and and Ozeki and all that stuff. So like, yeah. you can you can move up pretty quickly, but there's still sort of a ceiling on that stuff. Um, and there's like pretty precise and, and regimented promotion criteria, especially once you get up to the top. So I've been alluding to this. In order to make Yokozuna, you have to win two tournaments in a row. Oh. Which like, you have every single, you are wrestling only the toughest wrestlers in that situation because you're going to be an Ozeki, right? So like, you're, you know, only the cream of the crop and you've got to be that much better than all of them twice, which is like pretty daggum hard. Yeah. But to like make Ozeki from Sekiwake, you have to win 33 matches over the course of three tournaments, right? So you have to go 11 and four or better on average.
0: Oh, okay. I see. I see. So it's not like, I was thinking it's, like, you get eight wins in a tournament, and you're leveled up. You don't so, get eight wins, and you're demoted. Like, it's, like, that, very... Well, that is how blah, it is, blah, blah.
1: yes. Oh. So, but, like, once you get to the higher levels, there's, like, specific criteria beyond that. So, like, okay. if you like go nine and seven stuff. from Megashira, you know, 11, you'll probably end up, you know, Megashira 8. But, okay, okay. Um, okay. If you just tread water and go nine set nine and seven from Sekiwaka, you aren't necessarily going to go up to Ozeki.
0: I see. Okay, okay, okay. So you get promoted like maybe within your rank or within your yes. tier, but you're you might not get like mm-hmm. upgraded. Okay, yes. that makes sense. So I feel like the only part of the history we haven't hit on that I know about is the top knots. Now,
1: okay. What's yeah, with the hair? Because so...
0: we all know that's a big thing for me. <laughs>
1: right, of course. Well, you just have big hair in general, right? So how right. can it not be a big thing? Exactly. So um, literally
0: and physically.
1: This is actually to me
0: pretty interesting. <laughs> Both the same, yeah.
1: Back when sumo started, the top knot was like a like a part of Japanese culture for everybody, right? So like most people of a certain rank, and I don't I don't know exactly how that works, but like the if you were um, a Japanese man, you were going to be wearing a top knot. Like Mulan. Yes, exactly. Just like, <laughs> and um. But then once you get to, um, the point that Jap- Japan wanted to Westernize, the first prime minister actually was like, okay, nobody can wear top knots, but he really likes sumo, so he said, except sumo wrestlers. So it has now become a part of sumo culture that like the top knot is this ornamental thing, right? What? So, That's so um, nuts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's I mean, it's cool though, but- so, It's cool,
0: but like also to outlaw a hairstyle is just yeah. pretty nuts.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's, I mean, but like, I think um, there there's some analysis there that uh, is not for this time. You know, I okay. think it, that, that feeling of not wanting to look like an imposter, I think we can all kind of understand, but like yeah. the need to, and colonialism and all that, we can just sort of put that to the side.
0: Different podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, different <laughs> podcast.
1: But so- just like within the Mawashis and like all the rules surrounding what you can and can't do, um there is a different top knot for different ranks. So when you are below the top two levels, you are allowed to only wear like an unadorned top knot that just sort of comes straight forward straight forward. Yes. So the top knot, um, you will have it's been their hair is super long. This is actually a cool thing because some guys will get better than their hair allows them to look, if that makes sense. So like there's this guy named Ochi right now who is rising through the ranks, but he's really young and has not been in sumo that long. So his hair is not long enough for a top knot. So he's just got this bitchin looking mullet, man. It looks amazing. <laughs>
0: i um, love that
1: yeah <laughs> and you've got just these, the... these baby face dudes with these mullets they look them this is so cool but so um once you are capable of, of having a top knot they have just a simple one that comes you bind it in the back and then put the hair forward on top of your head and then bind that little like bun if that makes sense
0: sounds like a look
1: so So it is and just like everything with sumo like the people who cut the hair have like they are artisans who have been doing it for upwards of 10 years and like their services are very highly respected and like everybody each different stable has their own guy and like it's it's got like all of this detail and then once you reach the top two levels you're allowed to have what is called a ginkgo leaf top knot which is where the part that comes forward they are allowed to like fan it out. So it looks like a ginkgo leaf. Uh, and this is considered like a great sign of like respect and and advancement. And it's like this whole ornamental thing. So the secret of the top knot is that in order to make it look right and like sit right on top of your head, yeah. you actually kind of have to have like a friar tuck haircut. So <laughs> the outer part is what's long, but like the top of your head, they will have to like shave bald. Oh, so, my God. Um there's a bunch, there's a good video about this on YouTube, which I, I'm sure we'll get into like all of the YouTube content I consume and how other yeah, people yeah. Find it. But they, in order, they will like, you know, give basically fan all of this long hair out to the side and then shave down to like stubble the middle part so that it will sit correctly on top of the head. But like when that's the only hairstyle you're ever going to wear, like that's cool. The other cool thing about top knots is when you retire from sumo the way that you like ceremonially retire is they cut your top knot off no. and they will have these like they will come to the middle of a dojo, they will sit there and like with scissors like your trainer and like you know your wife and then like some of your great rivals will come and cut a little bit of the hair at a time until it's all the way gone um and then you will like go get your hair styled and come back for what is called your last speech and you like address the sumo public which is like you know th- this is not meant to be it's not a very expressive art form within the ring necessarily so it's meant to be right. symbolically like you are allowed to express yourself finally
0: i have so many thoughts one i would absolutely hate getting hazed by someone who looks like Friar Tuck. Two. <laughs> i I literally would pay so much money i mean i can google it for free but to see the haircuts that you can make post top knot it has to just be bald right Like well so they, it, once you kind of
1: figure you're gonna be like moving on you right. will like let it grow out a little bit so okay, okay. Like, you, you like... usually we'll try and time that such that you don't end up looking like an idiot but like it happens sometimes
0: <laughs> and then i also think it's just really sweet that everybody's kind of involved yes Mm -hmm. i love that
1: (laughs) yeah well and there you can find like retirement ceremonies on youtube and like you know there's the guys will be like you know tearing up as their top knots being cut because this is like this is what they've devoted their lives to for like you know 20 years or whatever and like they're symbolically severing that tie
0: no i can imagine like that it's just so much more intense than i thought it was like i'm not surprised at all that they're crying like (laughs) they've eaten the same meal every day yeah Multiple I, had to, I had to
1: grind like that to shine like this.
0: Right. And <laughs> my head. So anyway, back yeah. to YouTube.
1: <laughs> so, right.
0: How do you so, like you don't speak Japanese?
1: <laughs> so that is a little bit of yeah, my my Japanese
0: is not good. Like unless. You've really been studying.
1: <laughs> no, no, well, that is and something like, I'm pretty sure know, I know. An entirely different linguistic system, right? It's not, yeah. you know,
0: no, it's not Spanish. It's, it's like, not like
1: I'm learning a Romance language where, exactly. like, there are similarities in the words. It's like you right. know, completely different characters, completely different pronunciation, all that shit.
0: Yeah, different and, sounds um, with your mouth, like so, that we can't make.
1: <laughs> uh, I definitely bump up against that as a problem with like remembering terminology, right? Because all yeah. of these words that I'm using, you know, dojo and and um sekiwake and and yokozuna all of these things have meaning Mm -hmm. that like if you are a native speaker you know so like yokozuna for instance means uh, i think it means heavy rope which is an allusion to the rope belt that yokozuna wear during ceremonial like when they are doing their shinto priest thing oh okay but like, you know, I only know that because I had to learn it that way. I'm not a native Japanese speaker where like, okay, that is a big rope. I know what a big rope is. Right. Um, <laughs> so I, in the age of the internet where the world is flat, um, there is a lot of English language YouTube content. So, and it comes from different people. Um, my favorite channels, uh, there's this guy named Don D-O-N space, D-O-N, okay. who does like technique breakdowns and compilations of rivalries. And like will inject a bunch of like narrative into it and like tell you. So, like, you know, these two guys met for on day 15, and like, you know, this guy needed to win in order to force a playoff, and then he'll like show you the playoff match too. That's great. And like to me, that is like the sweet spot. If if I were trying to get into sumo and I just wanted to see how cool it was, watching videos like that, like yeah, awesome. And like to me, that like impresses upon me how intricate of an art it is. And then there's sumo primetime which is the english language content created by the japanese sumo associations like english language wing and it's a little bit like campy um but it also has like this really earnest energy and like you learn a lot so like that's you know there'd have i've been you know there was one that was about like the dudes who make the the dohyo right and like He's talking to them about, like, how long have you been smacking Clay with a tamp in order to, like, <laughs> prepare for this moment? And they're like, yeah, well, you know, I've been at it for 25 years, and my father did it and all that. Yeah. And the other thing about Sumo Primetime that's great is um, they do interviews with the wrestlers. And, like, the way that these guys talk about the sport, it has to be really, like, reverent. And it has to be, like, they are like, I am so pleased that people believe in me and are my fans and I will do my best in the upcoming summer tournament, not to let you down. Right. And like, Jeez. you know, just these big, sweet baby face dudes, like, you know, talking to you about like how much they want you to love them,
0: you know? Yeah. Um,
1: no, the and juxtaposition about- position
0: here is like massive because I feel like yeah, everything yeah. other than, you know, the hazing has the, been the, like, yeah, the hazing's not great. Yeah. The hazing's not, not the best, but everything else has seemed like really sweet. And then they're yeah. like, the actual sport is just them. Like, <laughs> banging into each other <laughs>
1: um and then so uh, as i've alluded to it used to be a lot easier to get access to um the tournaments themselves yeah the, uh nhk which is like the broadcast service that is in charge of like has the broadcast rights to sumo they have really started cracking down on english language streamers who like will take their content and you know adapt it to folks like me Uh, The problem with that is there is not like a super accessible way for me to like get it through, like, you know, the NHK isn't offering me like a really accessible and like affordable way to stream it after things go, like after things happen. And it's like all kind of like hard to access. So the um, New York times of streaming uh, sumo tournaments is called NATO sumo N-A-T-T-O sumo. Um, And he interjects like, fun little commentary uh, sometimes. And the, the thing that's best about it is he does these like title cards before every single, like this heads up display graphic before every single fight that'll tell you like the last six times these guys have faced each other, who's won, what oh, cool. the trajectory of this guy is in like the the grand scheme of sumo, like how has he been rising in rank? Has he been falling in rank? What's his highest rank? What's his weight? What what um step? What stable is he in? All of that like oh, it's really informationally dense, and I love that because I'm you know just able to nerd out.
0: No, yeah, that sounds sick.
1: Um, so like I would say those like, and then there's like uh there's this big playlist of videos called Sumopedia, which was produced by NHK um and it's like it's a little bit more like work uh than consuming sumo prime time sumo prime time it's sort of like happy go lucky but um sumopedia, it's, it's like you're like studying and like you know there's going to be a test <laughs> um so i would say those are like the main pillars of my sumo consuming like life um
0: yeah.
1: there's a, a couple of like pretty good english language podcasts um that then like most of the people that have gotten into it have only gotten into it in like the last couple years anyway so like there's not a huge gap in um sumo understanding necessarily but just having somebody as like a companion text to like walk you through what's going on and what you're looking at is really helpful so like grand sumo breakdown i I listen to them like almost every episode
0: is it like rising in popularity like is it getting like
1: (laughs) i honestly have no idea dude but the (laughs) (laughs) the way that the broadcast company in japan is like stamping out all these streamers and not doing anything to like because if i could pay you know 10 bucks a month to or 10 bucks per tournament to like stream everything and like not have spoilers and just go through and like watch it all i would yeah but like that option isn't really available to me i'm not telling anybody to like pirate stuff but like that's sort of the position i'm put in yeah. Um, because I think it costs it's like a hundred and fifty dollars total to stream an entire tournament or something. Jeez. Yeah. Which is probably the opposite of the strategy I would use, but that's me.
0: I mean, I guess um, like compared to WWE or whatever, that's like a hundred and fifty dollars for like fifteen days of fighting. Yeah. I I but it's also it's just not the not the most affordable.
1: I think that our expectations for this stuff in the streaming age have definitely changed. So if yeah. you want to, so the um, the top division, the bouts start at like six p.m. Japanese time, um, which is like the you know a million in the morning for folks uh, living in uh, Central and Eastern time, as you and right. I are.
0: Just the back at dawn, right?
1: So like, I could wake up and you know find these Twitch streamers who are like showing everything. Yeah, but um i you know want it conveniently so like i will wait until nato drops the the cut up for that day and then like go through every single bout and like you know then maybe read a couple articles about it that's sort of my media diet around around it
0: gotcha so it's not like the easiest sport to be a fan of then it sounds like
1: no not really but like there are ways to like you know the information that i've given you and like you know this sumo like english language youtube content did not exist until like 2015 at the earliest. So, like, you know, it's not like um th- this is still like a pretty nascent situation.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so another fun piece of sumo content that might be like a good entry point for people. Um, there is this Netflix show called Sanctuary.
0: Oh, I love a Netflix show. Yeah.
1: So it is it is made it was made in Japan, but it is dubbed in English, um, if that matters to people and they don't want to read subtitles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the um, sort of central theme is it follows this um, young sumo wrestler who is really like disrespectful to the rules and it's sort of like a fun counterpoint to the culture of like respect and tradition that we're used to here uh, it also talks a lot about the hazing thing that we've been alluding to over and over it oh. um, does not like shy away from that does not shy away from like the um inherent uh misogyny of not allowing women to like even enter the the central dohyo right Right. so like you know in that way it's like it's not just a puff piece it's 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 like like everything um, i want (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly it's it's, it's, well and i'm only i'm (laughs) only three episodes in so like i can't you know i i get distracted by watching like sumo youtube stuff instead but like it's it's really fun i've enjoyed it
0: so damn rich i never thought this episode like this episode was going to be this and like deep not deep as in like i don't know it's not like philosophical or anything but like the you know like this is a deep hole well and like i think that the
1: the vision of sumo that we have is just two dudes pushing each other and like in in the coolest sense it is that right like it is you know (laughs) the um the, the thought process is that like martial sports and like combat sports, you have this wonderful metaphor that lends itself to like beautiful writing, right? And I yeah. think that um, that's true of sumo, but you also have like this deep connection to judo. And like, so the, Um. Uh. in like the last like 30 years, there's been a real influx in high quality Mongolian guys.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, we have to talk about the Mongolian guys. So
1: um, this is because- there so and like the the current uh the guy who just got promoted to Azeki's name is he was um Kiribayama, but he changed his name to Kirishima, which is his trainer's old ring name, which I think is really sweet. Oh. But these guys are really good at sumo because the Mongolian folk style of wrestling is yeah. like very judo adjacent. And like they are actually you would expect like these foreigners to not be as like skilled in the the sort of finer points of this stuff but they right. actually like a lot of like really you know high level technical guys come from Mongolia so the stat that blows my mind is um Kirishima is like the fifth I think Mongolian Ozeki and every other Mongolian Ozeki has reached Yokozuna
0: what yeah so, so they're like the best of the best are nothing
1: <laughs> <yes>. well <laughs> and like nuts. so the other thing is um you're only allowed to have one foreigner per stable so like most stables are like okay well you know why would we waste our time with this there's like a a dude from ukraine right now who's like really big in the second division but like you know usually like there are there are some eastern europeans mixed up so like there's currently a guy from georgia there's a guy from um, georgia who recently retired but like it is by and large japanese natives and mongolians
0: That's what I was going to say. Like the Mongolian stable must be like doing something different, like akin to like Norwegians and triathlon or something.
1: Yeah. 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 Just built diff, man.
0: Exactly. Just like, that's just how they are. That's just them. (laughs) That's crazy. Well, thanks for coming. I hope you're a regular on this show.
1: I mean, I'm, I'm free of your free man.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, next week I've got a solo episode coming out. It's, a mystery (laughs) tune in it's probably gonna be a shorter one not next week the week after next week every other friday all right see you there